This podcast is for your entertainment only and is not the place to find professional medical advice. Hi guys, Jamie Emerson here, founder of Chronic Hope. I'm here this week talking with Sean Reed, who's a Sydney local. He's been living with chronic fatigue syndrome for another number of years, and he is going to share with us a little bit about his journey. Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show. We're really happy to have you. I, I'm just wondering if you could start by telling us a little bit about yourself, your background, kind of what you're originally from New Zealand. So originally, yeah. What brought you to Sydney and all of that? Okay. As a teenager in New Zealand, working after school part-time and a little bit later, we used to get these magazines at work, showed Gold Coast beaches and all the rest. So me and a friend decided that uh, as teenagers, we would move across and see what that was like. New Zealand was a very cold place, so Australia looked like a good idea. So 400 bucks, a one-way ticket, and off we went. Wow. Ended up on the Gold Coast, living on the Gold Coast. Okay. Well, and how long did you live up on the Gold Coast? So I was on the Gold Coast for nearly three years, living the dream. Came to surf lifesaver, sports, gym, surfing, living near the beach. It was great. Unfortunately, that's where I got glandular fever and originally chronic fatigue. Yeah, so sounds like you're, you were quite an active person before. Oh, yeah, I was very fit and healthy, never got sick. Yeah, very active. Probably overdid it. I was invincible when you're young, you, you're kind of unbreakable, you can do anything and you push yourself really hard. And I did run myself down, but I was still very healthy and, and very fit. But unfortunately, I uh, got a virus. So... You obviously have been living with chronic fatigue syndrome for a while. Can you tell us a little bit, go more in depth about how you got chronic fatigue syndrome, what yeah, the sure. cause was, and even maybe just explain to our audience what chronic fatigue syndrome actually is. If I knew the answer to that question, <laughs> make a lot of money. Uh, yeah, I guess at the time when I came to Australia, time was probably bad. We had the recession we had to have that was back in... I guess it really started in about 1990 and a lot of people were going broke. Work was shutting down everywhere. And so I ended up with a debt and which is very stressful and working 12 hours a day at, I was 21 by then, went over when I was 19. I guess, yeah, just overworked, still going hard every weekend, still going to the gym, still going, hitting the water. Yeah, late nights, poor nutrition, and I just got really run down, but I didn't get sick. And at some point, I must have contracted glandular fever, just with all the symptoms associated with that. And I just kept working because that's what I did until I could no longer work. I would wake up in the morning, my body's aching, fevers, and eventually I went to the doctor and uh, they told me what I had and I had to rest. Unfortunately, I, I did everything they said, you know, just rest took it really easy, but I never recovered in the time that I was, should have. And, you know, six months, 12 months later, they just say, oh, just rest, just rest, just rest, but uh, never recovered. Wow. And so how many years has it been now? So, yeah, I'm 50 now, so do the math. So I, I had originally, when I was 21, I, I got glandular fever and developed the chronic fatigue syndrome. And kind of went up and down for the next year and a half, two years, probably the next two years. And after a couple of years, I started to improve, but pushed too hard. You know, it's my nature, drive, drive, drive. 
um, and ended up in bed and then spent the next year lying in bed, then recovered a little bit again, another six months in bed and that cycle of like yeah, so getting better crash, getting better crash. Yeah, because I didn't know what was happening and I didn't know how to manage it. And I was just told rest, but I was actually getting weaker from not enough activity. And so I ended up, um, I went to Darwin. That was really hot and a bad idea. Came back to uh, New South Wales, ended up in Port Stephens, spent six months lying in a bed there, which wasn't much fun. And eventually back to Sydney and, and there was really about a six to seven year recovery before I could work again. So it was about two to three years of in and out of bed and about six months. Of the time. Yeah. Wow. And it's, yeah, I think it's quite a journey and you touch on a good point in terms of the, the up and down cycle of chronic fatigue syndrome and even what this was 30 years ago when you got it there was even way less awareness around what chronic fatigue syndrome is yeah no one had any idea no yeah exactly so I can imagine that finding doctors to potentially get treatment from was quite difficult what would you say were some of the treatments that you've tried that have worked for you well originally back then I got everything from it was live blood cells they injected into me at some point hyper uh, what is it uh hydrogen peroxide intravenous no. <laughs> yeah um, all kinds of things experimental things and nothing worked nothing changed yeah. um, so i pretty much gave up on doctors i got assessed by a commonwealth doctor who just said this might be it for the rest of your life here's a pension good luck yeah. and that was and have you tried any treatments more recently or so i gave up looking for help and eventually really by default began to recover over a period and i never fully recovered but i was able to re-establish a semi-normal life working jobs that weren't too impactful on my health and just managing and staying as active as i could without overdoing it and just really managing so i ended up getting married kids having a relatively normal life really good then five years ago <laughs> then five years ago i had a relapse i took a job that was too much pushed through i didn't realize i could get sick again mm. had no idea and ended up back in bed wow and then probably since then it's been another journey upwards as well yeah this time was different and it was probably worse because i had experienced years in bed i didn't want to go back to bed so fight it and tried all different things and actually made it much worse and so unfortunately i ended up losing my sleep my body wouldn't sleep i couldn't sleep i'd go a week at a time with no sleep with chronic fatigue it just it, it, within a matter of weeks once i lost my sleep i was just got to the point where i was yeah could barely function wow yeah, so that was a pretty desperate time. Wow, and I one of the reasons why I wanted to interview you is we've had well, we had sort of this long conversation about sort of your journey with chronic fatigue syndrome, and one of the things that I the takeaways from that was it's been a long journey, but there's been the sense of you you've decided not to give up, continuing to yeah, totally. And I found that really inspiring, even though you've had it for such a long period of time. But so here's my question. In those moments where it's been at the worst, what what makes you keep going? What's what's that thing that gives you hope to be like, no, I'm going to keep 
I'm going to keep going. Can I answer the question in a different way? Yeah, you can answer the question however you want. So originally, uh, when I was going through that really tough time five years ago, which lasted for about a year and a half, I lost hope during that season. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I just wanted to die every day. That seemed like the most logical and self-compassionate thing. I didn't have anything to hold on to really in this world. And you end up in a really dark place. I didn't know it at the time, but I had severe post-traumatic stress as a result, uh, which was later diagnosed at the time we didn't know. So you end up in a pretty dark place, but I'm just not the kind of person that would commit suicide, even though it was very tempting. So you do end up in a pretty dark place and that's just the reality. But those things don't last. It looks like that will go on forever and there is no hope, but there's always hope. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. this is getting pretty dark and heavy. It's not where you no, want I to go. I, I, think, <laughs> no, I think that's actually great that you share that because I actually have talked about that in my journey, my own journey is there were moments where I was in so much pain and so tired. It yeah. wasn't that I wanted to commit suicide, but it was the thought of death felt like relief. Yeah, as totally. opposed to something that would I would be afraid of. Like you think of yourself like having an, an accident, a fatal accident. And then it's like this, like, oh, that would be nice. <laughs> you know? It's not funny, but it's a real place. And I think you make a good point in the sense of like, it's not like we're all sitting there in those moments, like there's hope, you know, I'm gonna hold on. It's more like a, yep, this is hard. And I'm just gonna trust that it gets, that just gonna just remember that it will get better. That there's downs and there's ups and there's downs sort of thing. So I'm just looking at my answers to your questions. We haven't quite followed your script. So that's why it kind of threw me up. But that's all right. Oh, that's okay. Um, it's, a, it's more of a conversation. Okay, so fine. In, I'll, I'll, I'll abandon my thoughts on that and I'll just fire away. I'll ask me the question again. I'll do a much better job. No, that was perfect. Are you, do you, are you okay with me putting that on air? Yeah, I just have a lot more to say, that's all. Okay, stay on. So the original question was, in those moments when you're just down in the dumps, like, and it's just so hard, how do, how do you how do you find hope? How do, what keeps you going? So with any chronic condition, there are always going to be days and weeks when it's really hard and hope is hard to hang on to. And, and those are the times you need to dig deep. So for me, I guess, first and foremost, God. I just talk to God. There are times when you can't control the circumstance, you can't control the situation, and there's very little you can do. So you reach out to someone who can. And whether you're religious or not, or believe in God, there is something really helpful just about being raw and real and talking to God. The second thing um, that I do, which I find really helpful, there are some days when you just need human interaction. And, you know, we're, we're wired for community. We're wired for a relationship. Everyone needs love and connection. And, and chronic illness is so isolating. And too much isolation, you know, it's you end up in a dark place um, without that human uh, connection and so you know just spending time with people laugh talk hang out with people yeah they're two things I do not always easy sometimes it's online sometimes it's you know whoever you can find not really answering your question am I no you are I actually wanted to ask you because this is what struck me last time I spoke with you and this I think it's one of I those do have positive things I do have positive things to say about that <laughs> no I love it um what struck me the last time I talked to you was 
and this is I just is an example of how many is of how people's journeys are different you told me that you swim like a couple of times a week is that correct uh not at the moment COVID-19 yeah um, the pool's closed oh I'm sorry that's got to be really hard yeah. it was a hard transition yeah yeah so it was a pretty tough week <laughs> so pre-COVID-19 what I remember about our conversation was or oh, if I don't exercise, then I actually get worse. Whereas so many people with chronic fatigue syndrome, if they exercise too much, it gets worse. So can you can you tell me a little bit about how, what swimming does for you and your body? Okay, sure. Yeah, so because I have post-traumatic stress, which is getting better all the time, um, complex post-traumatic stress, which is triggered by an onset of symptoms. So for me, symptoms are triggered by too much exertion or not enough exertion because exercise stimulates my immune system, helps regulate everything. Too much exercise, as we know, is not good. But I had to pretty much abandon the standard chronic fatigue response because I had to sleep. And so I find if I don't exercise in some measure and in a predictable manner, my body just won't sleep. And so that became a real challenge of trying to balance. And in the meantime, I injured my knee, injured my shoulder, but I just had to keep going. So I still walk every day. I still swim when the pool's open. Um, and that stimulation through the exercise actually helps the chronic fatigue, but it's a real juggling act. I can imagine it's, yeah, it's like a, you have to know your body and know exactly how much. Well, sometimes... You just have to ignore your body. You have to ignore your mind. You have to ignore everything and just keep going. So in those times for me, even when it's a really tough day, I can't let go of hope. I have to believe that I can get through this. And I draw on past experience because I've been through it once before. And I always used to tell myself, this day will end. Tomorrow's another day. Yeah. You know, and just believe. Don't let go. Honestly, it, it sounds corny. And some days... Some days, you know, it's about mindfulness, mindfulness, it's about controlling the thoughts. But there are some days your emotions are going off. Your thoughts are just hammering you. And in those days, you just need a distraction. Go watch a funny movie. Go talk to someone. Do something, anything. But don't stop, sit there and think because you go into a dark place. So once you learn, you know, how your mind, how your body works. You know what those days will be like. And after time, you know, hey, I've been here before. I got through this before. Better day tomorrow. And you just hold on. Never let go. Yeah, I definitely, I would definitely agree with that. And I think it goes, that goes for chronic condition, people living with All chronic conditions. But also normal people. Yeah. You know, some people have bad days and they just need to remember it's going to get better. And there's like tomorrow's another day, this pain, this suffering will end, will improve, etc. It's, um, again, going off script. Um, referencing our previous conversation, you talked about because for those for those listening, um, you run a you help organize a chronic illness meetup out yeah. in the hills area of Sydney out west. And so you've spoken with many, many different people living with chronic illness, chronic fatigue syndrome. And I think because of that, you have a lot of, I think, insight into the community. And one of the things we talked about 
out is this idea that chronic fatigue syndrome is could be closely related to PTSD. Uh, and I think I think you mentioned you mentioned that uh, like the majority of the people you've met have had some sort of with chronic fatigue syndrome have had some sort of trauma in their past that has maybe not triggered the illness but contributed to sort of this getting it and having it be a prolonged situation. And for me, it was, I got in a car accident, but then there was also trauma from earlier in my childhood and that I had to deal with. And then also that trauma, which triggered the chronic fatigue syndrome, but it was almost like then my body had all this trauma that it didn't know what to do with. So can you talk a little bit about that? And Oh, I can talk with regard to my experience. Um, probably not qualified to make any unilateral statements for me growing up and living on the gold coast i didn't have the family or social support mechanisms that i needed and i didn't have the resilience emotionally and i was under a lot of pressure to keep working even though i was really burning myself out and that creates so much stress and so when i got glandular fever which is a virus um, i crashed pretty hard and on reflection, there has to be a correlation between your physical, emotional, spiritual, you, you're a whole person, you know, it's not just physical. And whether that's before you got sick or after you're sick, you know, lying in bed for years, you're going to be traumatized by that. You're going to have a lot of grief, you're going to have a lot of things, a lot of isolation. It's unavoidable. There's always going to be some mental health related symptoms. And I found there is a correlation between your mental health, mental, emotional health, and your physical well-being. They interact. It's unavoidable. And that's why for me, human interaction is so important. You interact with people, you have a laugh, you do something, you just feel better. And when you're feeling better emotionally, you're releasing good hormones, chemicals through your body. Uh, it just helps. It really does. Yeah. I don't know if, if you've found this because... I find that a lot of people with chronic fatigue syndrome are highly motivated, highly high achieving people. Yes. And I got into a headspace where if I was doing something and I didn't see it as being productive, then it wasn't yes. worth doing. And then when I went through this whole journey of chronic fatigue and then counseling, through counseling, I realized that fun and getting out and enjoying life is actually just, is also productive in its own sense because art, we yes. need that. Yeah. So I think you make an interesting point in the sense of, it's actually like scheduling out time in your week and in your journey to like, oh, I'm actually just gonna have fun. Yeah. Well, that was in part the problem with my many relapses and making myself worse. I was definitely a driven performance-based person going so hard but that really came from insecurity you know trying to prove something to myself something to others you know poor self-worth whatever you want to call it and that really is an unhealthy place to be and so after getting sick i was just any way i could get out of there to re-establish myself to accomplish something you know to have yeah. something to show for my life which wasn't helpful so in this journey you get to reevaluate what's really important you know, what is important. That's a really healthy process. It really is. And, you know, just being creative, spending time with people, serving other people. You know, these are really valuable things that, that help community, help people, help you. But you have to let go of that whole 
image performance um, type self-esteem, which is really just a, a false self, really. Yeah, and I love as well, another thing about your journey and all of this is you've come out, you've, I mean, you've, again, you've been through this long journey, seen, seen it all essentially, and you're helping facilitate this group for people living with chronic conditions. I don't know if you do more um, sort of volunteer work. I would like to. I do have people that call me, which is great. And, and you know, there's probably a bit of selfish motivation in that. You, you just feel better helping other people. You really do. It's that mental health component as well. It is. It's relationship, it's mental health, it's the feel good. You know, there's always someone struggling. And no matter what you're going through, you can be there for them. You can help them. You can give something back. And in the process, you can benefit as well. And so it doesn't matter what your condition is and how limited you think your life is. Being productive is still important. You know, having nothing to do day after day and, and finding no purpose or meaning. You know, that's a dark place. But being able to serve someone, help someone else, you know, that's just such a benefit. And so, you know, whether you want to be where you are or not, um, it's an opportunity to reinvent yourself and, and to make a difference, do something. Yeah, I love that. I also love your sense of humor. I, when I came to the group, it was, it was a, and I think it goes back to what you're talking about is making sure you're having fun. So going to this chronic illness meetup and it's not, necessarily like this really serious thing like we're having banter and like making jokes about <laughs> about different things and it's so important and I love that you facilitate community in the chronic illness space because I think that's going to be one of the huge things that helps not only raise awareness for what people are going through but also helps people again improve their mental health feel like they're not as isolated etc yeah absolutely and thanks for sharing what you're doing. Um, my last question is, what advice would you give to someone that, for example, is quite early on in their journey with chronic fatigue syndrome or a different chronic condition that would be like, okay, here's the one, two or three things that like you just need to know. And it's hard because there, I'm sure there's so much, but I'd love some insight on that with regard to chronic conditions or managing chronic conditions yeah. or chronic fatigue syndrome? Chronic fatigue syndrome. Yeah. Hmm. What do you wish you had, had known when you were 19, early 20s? Yeah, um, I guess initially less is more. Don't try, you know, the, the temptation is to get out of there as fast as you can with any chronic condition. And unfortunately with chronic fatigue, if you push too hard too soon, you can make yourself worse. We know that now, didn't know that then. The other problem I find though, which is equally as dangerous, is where people yield to it too much. Mm. They give up trying and they become risk adverse and they fear trying things because they don't want to have an onset of symptoms. And for me, that's even worse, to not, to not have a go, to not try to. So I would suggest to people, I guess, don't give up, keep trying, but be wise about it, manage it, you know, incremental activity or doing things, you know, whatever it is that you're pursuing, just do it wisely. What was the question again? That was, no, that's exactly, you answered it. Advice, giving people yeah. advice. So, so the other things which are fairly common and understandable is keep your diet really healthy, Get as much activity as you can without overdoing it. Work on your sleep. 
routine is so important, you know, because I find routine is so important because you can condition your body to what is familiar and regular, but it also you can condition your mind and emotions. And the problem with some chronic, chronic illness like chronic fatigue is the up and down. Yeah. And so it, the more you can regulate, the less anxiety and stress you have in the process. And I guess the other thing is, which I already mentioned, is be productive, build for the future, whether it's part-time study, whether it's, it's being exploring creativity, whether it's learning about relationships, whatever it is, depending on where you are in the stage, utilize the time because being productive, for me, it enhances hope because I'm building towards something. If I'm not, then it feels like I'm just stagnating and that's a hopeless place. Yeah, wow. So much wisdom. I love it. Thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, so like, like I said, thank you and for sharing your journey. You're obviously very inspiring and have so much. I, I feel like there's so much more I could have said and I should have said, but anyway, that's all right. That's okay. Next time, we'll do a part two one day. Shall yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, thank you. And I hope for those listening that Sean's journey has inspired you in some way. Thanks for listening to the Chronic Hope podcast. If you want access to show notes, go to chronichope.org, where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. And make sure to follow us on our Instagram, at chronic underscore hope. See you next week.